I wouldn't want to invest money with somebody who is kind of, I don't like them or I'm worried about them. That wouldn't give me a very good feeling. I want to, I want to have, um, I want to feel like they have integrity. Uh, they're a good communicator. They're transparent. Uh, I guess I don't want to feel that. I want to know that. Listen, everybody, we all know that real estate is the most proven way to build wealth. But why isn't everyone wealthy from real estate then? It's hard to know where to start. And most of the education out there is just complete trash. And you end up investing your money on a series of courses instead of in real estate. That's not how this podcast works. We give you the blueprint to successful real estate investing and bring on guests actually willing to share their secrets. I started my real estate investing journey as a freshman in college when I bought my first duplex and have been in the trenches doing deals ever since. And today, I now own hundreds of millions of dollars of investment property. On this podcast, you will learn what you actually need to know to be a successful active or passive real estate investor. And we'll offer our takes on what's happening today so you can navigate this market and build wealth. I'm Drew Brenneman, and this is the Brenneman Blueprint. All right. Welcome to the Brenneman Blueprint. I'm your host, Drew Brenneman. Today's episode, I'm thinking about those passive investors out there and want to give you guys some advice on what to look for in a sponsor. So I think before we get started, I think probably just lay out the terminology, just make sure that's all uh, straightened out before we get rolling here. Because uh, there's like a lot, there's used like two or three different words used for each side of the deal. So just want to not have like uh, any confusion, I guess. So um, folks like myself, what I do is I invest in real estate. I buy the deals. I do. I run the deal. I uh, I get the debt. I get the equity. I run uh, do everything for the deal essentially. Uh, but but I don't buy them with entirely my own equity with my own down payment. What I do is I raise money from individuals, family offices, and just other groups that invest in real estate. Um, so myself, I would be called a sponsor or a general partner or a GP. Those are the three terms for the people who are, let's say, they're running the deal. And the folks that invest, they're called limited partners or LPs or, or sometimes passive real estate investors. So um, just kind of get the terminology out of the way if you're if you're new to this because they're just kind of used synonymously like there's not um, uh, there's not really like a difference if someone says oh that's my LP or my uh, passive investor like, there's no no difference necessarily um, so guess with that out of the way um, so what do you want to look for in a general partner? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things and I think, um, kind of first and foremost, what I would look for is track record and experience has the sponsor executed the plan they're pitching before you want to have sponsors who have a history of success, successfully executing similar investments. So it's one thing if you want to take like a chance on a, a new sponsor, but you should be getting, let's say compensated for that. Like the returns should be higher. There should be some benefit to taking on that risk. Otherwise, you want to just look for experienced sponsors because real estate, it's it's multifaceted. It involves law, finance, construction, a lot of different skills. And these skills in these areas, those are it's really required for success in these investments. And really, that's going to come with experience. There's no way someone could uh, just through a course or a class or reading books uh, know as much or be as skilled at running these investment opportunities as someone who's actually been in the trenches and done it. So that's what I'd be looking for. Number one is 
the the track record have they done it how long have they done it what are the results you know any any good sponsor should have a, a historical return summary where they'll have the returns of all the deals they bought and sold and estimated returns on deals they currently own but haven't sold with the hypothetical sale value in there uh, and then the real cash flows to date on that deal so I would definitely that's the first place I start look at track record and experience and look at that historical return sheet so the next thing that I would look at after track record and experience is going to be the strategy and knowledge of the market so one thing's for certain in real estate if one investor performs well in a certain strategy whether we're talking about a certain type of property like apartments or storage or hotels uh, or a sub market, you know, investing in that neighborhood or just that part of the city, uh, other investors are going to follow suit. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to find uh, sponsors that have foresight. So how do they challenge the status quo? What strategies do they deploy? Uh, how do they make selections for markets and investments? You want to find someone who's got uh, not just a run of the mill answer, ideally, like we just buy any apartment deal that's on the market. You want to find something where um, they, they have a, a unique strategy or a unique edge to the investment. And then uh, from there, what I want to see is uh, that that should match up with what I also want to do as a passive investor, where if I'm looking for cash flow, let's say, I should not be investing in development opportunities. So maybe I'm talking to a sponsor and they have a good track record and experience, but then their strategy doesn't line up with my investment goals. So I need to, you need to think about what are your investment goals and match up your strategy, uh, your investment strategy with the sponsor strategy. So if you want cash flow, you should be buying stabilized properties or properties that will be stabilized quickly. And that just means like, they're fully rented out being stabilized where the if you invest in a development deal, maybe it'll be three or four years before you get any return, any cash flow, and then they're going to want to sell it. So there's not you're not if you're trying to like retire off cash flow or something, that wouldn't be a, a deal to invest in. You'd want to invest in a stabilized property that would throw off cash flow day one, ideally. So then you'd want to find people who are good at identifying those opportunities and running those. And that's what they do every day. So the next thing that I would look for is you really want a specialist. So someone who specializes in just one product type or one market. Ideally, in my opinion, it's they specialize in a product type. So like sponsors who specialize in just, let's say, just multifamily and don't do other stuff, they're going to do better than a sponsor who's working on multifamily and retail and office and industrial and hotels and all these different product types. They all have nuances and differences that um, really, you know, it, they take a while to learn. Uh, so then if you actually become an expert in all those product types, you're going to, you'd have a much, uh, much wider, let's say expertise, but not as deep. So you're not going to do as well on, let's say the same uh, office deal you would buy as someone who just does office and knows more about it. So if I wanted to invest in office, I would find someone who just only does office properties. I wouldn't find someone who does five of them. And this is just one of the five that they do. And I've seen that where people specialize in just the market. And so maybe they just only invest in Miami, Florida, and they do all the product types in Miami. Uh, so they definitely understand the city really well. So they, you have that going for them for sure. But then they're not going to be as experienced with each, with each product type. And for me, I'd rather be investing in someone who 
uh, ideally is specializes specializing in both. Like they only do Miami and only do office. That would be, uh, if you're trying to get into office, that would be what I'd want to see. Uh, not, not sure I'd recommend investing in office though. Um, whereas if they're, they're going to have a, uh, if I could only pick one, I'd want expertise in the the sector or the product type, uh, number one, where I think you could, the skills translate where if you're doing multifamily in Miami, you can also successfully do multifamily in Orlando and Dallas and other places where you have that knowledge on, uh, on multifamily, very deep knowledge. Now, the next thing I would look for is how do they react when an, when an investment performs poorly? You've already figured out if they're a specialist or not, what their track record is, um, and, and you have a good handle on maybe what they're like, what they do, what the past results have been, uh, they're going to, like I said, have given you a historical returns thing that shows you how everything went, but you can get a little more color to the story now on what they're like. Ask them about deals that have not gone well. So what, what were you around in 2008, 9, 10? If you were, tell me about that. Everybody's going to have a story about the deals they were doing then. And what you want to see is somebody who's not, number one, a quitter, where, oh, that deal just started uh, coming off the rails, so we gave it back to the lender. That's that. You don't want to hear that answer. You want to hear somebody who was a fighter and and see what they did to um, to help keep the deal afloat. I've heard of stories where people where they... Um, they're running the deal. They stopped charging fees. They lent it money themselves just to get it to the other side of that recession um, where they could at least sell and get their money back or make a really small return. So I know some sponsors that I've saw talk and some of the deals are proudest of are like a 0% return, but it was a kind of thing where it was like uh, their most difficult deal just to get everyone's money back and not just have it be a total loss. Um, so like that's, you know, it potentially, you know, this is someone you're partnering with potentially for a long time uh, in, in up and down markets. And let's let's hear about how things went in the in the down market. And I think, too, a lot of, uh, you know, experiences gained from, uh, you know, when when stuff gets challenging. So, like, that's a way you can tell really how how much experience do they have? Um, how do they get the how do they start specializing specializing in this? Uh, you know, from hearing about what uh, what were the sort of the bad experiences they've had and how they responded to them. So I'd want to definitely ask that. Um, and then, too, like I'd start I'd asking about their platform, like how do they incentivize their employees uh, would be the next thing. Uh, you know, it would be great if you could see alignment between the employees investing money as well as the ownership. Uh, and people's compensation is tied into the performance of the deals. You know, that's something that I do. I uh, The people who uh, I have who help source and execute the deals, they get a share of the profits and it's a big share of what they get paid. And, uh, so, and they also, in, uh, I think two deals ago, we had everybody in the co entire company invest in it. And so we have everybody wrapped up in these deals. Um, and they, they see that they're good deals. They want to invest their own money. And like, that's the kind of answer you want to hear where if no one's really incentivized for these deals to go well, or they're not investing any of their own money. I mean, that's not as strong of an answer. Um, for sure. I mean, that sounds like something where they don't, where they don't believe in the, the investments as much. So. Um, and then again, kind of along the lines of looking at the actual company, I would want to see what kind of technology they have, uh, systems and processes, you know, especially on the technology side, you know, what's their infrastructure like, how do they underwrite the deals? 
how do they run the deals post closing? Do you have a model uh, where you like everybody's got an investment model where you uh, on the front end when you're buying the deal, do you have one where you can model out uh, the returns in real time as things change in the deal? Um, you know, that I'd be asking about, um, you know, and there, there's a lot of different um, technology out there, too, that, you know, some people are using that uh, helps drive returns or a better investor experience. You know, we've been using Juniper Square for our investor portal. Um and that's been really a game changer for communication and having everything at the investor's fingertips. Uh, so that's been really, really nice. And then on deals we buy, we we underwrite with uh, something called Red IQ, where we, um, where it takes all the past financials from the seller, where it has a rent roll in the, uh, let's say the 2022 financials, 2021, a trailing 12, and then help us filter it. Uh, to the, the format we use in terms of how we label certain expenses and different things. And then we push that into our model. Um, so it helps us underwrite more accurately and more quickly, see more deals. Um, we also use a CRM to track uh, all of our broker contacts and off-market opportunities. Um, we have an AI and machine learning uh, model that we made for projecting rent growth and then a, uh, a separate model that we made that projects appreciation in different markets that both of which have been back tested. Um, so you want to, and we, we have a bunch of data that we've been buying, uh, from, uh, a group where they, uh, can break the U S census data down by zip code. We subscribe to CoStar and Yardi and all these places where they have, um, uh, real-time data on what's happening in the market and then also predictive data. Um, so all this technology is not free. So <clears throat> all this technology is not free. So not every sponsor is going to have all this. So you want to ask, what are you using? What's your, uh, you know, how does it look over there in terms of your, your, your tech and what's, you know, what's that investor experience like? So, um, from there, I think what I would be, wanting to kind of think about from from there really is like kind of similar to what i was saying before now does this if you like what you've heard to this point you like the team you like the technology you like the track record <clears throat> track record you know then i'd want to hear what um you know does does their do their investments match up with what i want to do so let's say first thing i think about is investment time horizon so what time horizon does the sponsor typically hold properties uh, for and why? Why do they, what's their plan with holding that long? Um, so there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer here, but it's important to understand that um, you want it to align with what your goals are. So it might be if, if you want to be in um, investing in real estate long term, where you, why invest in fix and flips, you know, things that are like a six month hold, you're trying to build some long-term wealth. You're going to want to find sponsors who do five, seven, 10 year, uh, holds where, um, you know, you can let, you can get appreciation, pay down the loan, like all the benefits to long-term ownership. So you're going to want to find a, uh, a group that their time horizon matches up. And then also like ask what's the, um, sponsors investment return focus so what investment metric is their primary focus you know so there's an internal rate of return irr there's an equity multiple cash on cash after tax returns i think kind of knowing what they're focused on as a sponsor is gonna gonna tell you a lot about them it's gonna drive what they're looking for where 
if someone's really focused on after-tax returns, well, then they're going to be doing things to uh, minimize taxes big time. They're going to be doing cost segregation studies. They're going to be less likely to sell because then that's going to trigger a tax event, obviously. Or if they do sell, they're going to want to do a 1031 exchange. Um, you know, and then let's say a sponsor who focuses on IRR, that's going to lead to shorter hold periods uh, because that's going to produce larger time weighted returns because uh, they're crunching down the time period of ownership. Where somebody who's thinking more, I just want to, I want to double my money on every deal. I got a two X equity multiple that's going to make them potentially do longer holds. So, um, if they want cash on cash, then they're going to focus on stabilized properties or properties that can be stabilized quickly. So no development deals, no big rehab deals. Um, they want to get paid today and they want cash flow. So then they're going to be finding those more stabilized properties. So, and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. You know, there's a, uh, you know, most every property that goes up for sale, it eventually sells and there's a buyer who likes it and um, matches up with their strategy. So I don't think there's a right or wrong answer necessarily here either. So you just want to make sure it matches up with uh, with what you want to see. Uh, then the next thing I think I would look at is going to be fees. So you want to, uh, if you want to invest alongside a sponsor, it's inevitable that there's going to be fees. All these, uh, the technology, having top talent, none of this stuff stuff is free. So you should be expecting that there's going to be fees. And I did a whole podcast on fees as well. So check that one out. Um, if you want to see what fees are common, what's like a market amount for that fee, uh, market meaning what's like a market rate, like are, is this deal charging too much or too little? Uh, check out that podcast as well. Um, I don't, uh, you know, I, this is fees are interesting cause it's like, there's no, um, there's definitely a delicate balance where there could be too much, where they're just kind of gouging you. And then also if they're charging no fees, I mean, how do they keep that business going? Unless it's just one person who's working, um, essentially for free in the short term and just with a, uh, a profit sharing at the end, um, that's going to be. You, know, you want to be careful with that because if they're not charging enough fees, then they're not going to have the right technology or talent. And that's going to really drive the investment returns, having the right technology, having the right talent. You know, um, a big, big difference in returns in these real estate investments comes from uh, actually from the operations post-closing. So having a good team, having people who know what they're doing, um, you know, potentially anyone could just find a deal and pay the highest price and get it. But actually having good people who know that's a good deal and then can run it effectively after, uh, that makes all the difference in the world. So, uh, kind of also with the fees, I'd say, um, like the incentive fee structure. So, uh, along those same lines, like, are they getting paid mostly from just fees that are essentially guaranteed like an acquisition fee or the asset management fee? Like those are going to get paid regardless of if the deal goes well. Uh, and then if they just have a million fees in there, like a disposition fee, a refinance fee, uh, whatever fee, like all these additional fees, um, you know, they're going to be willing to push deals along that aren't as good. And, uh, that I'd be really careful of. So I'd want to see that the fee structure, um, I'm trying to just keep it high level on the fees since I did a whole podcast on that, but I'd want to see that the fee structure, uh, sets up the right incentives, meaning I don't want them getting too many fees or too little. Um, 
and I want to I want to see them like uh, getting a material piece of the upside. So I want the deal to go well, and I'm fine with them getting a their promote or incentive fee. Um, you know, like these if the deal doesn't go well, like if you have a promote, it's a 80, 20 split over an eight, let's say if the whole deal makes an eight, they didn't get anything. Like you want your people, uh, your sponsors, uh, incentivized for the deals to go well. So, um, I like seeing just, uh, you know, the, the, uh, preferred return not being too low, you know, if it's like 5%, you know, then it's easier to get into your promote where I want them to be incentivized for the deal to go well. Um, and along those same same lines, like I uh, I want to see a co-invest from the sponsor. So you want the interest to be aligned and the sponsor should be uh, investing some of their own capital in each deal. You know, this is when people prefer to like skin in the game. Um, you want to have uh, them investing uh, a meaningful amount of money to them into each deal. So there isn't just like a fixed dollar amount, you know, $100,000 could be uh, every penny and then some to like a new sponsor and could mean almost nothing to like somebody who's, uh, at the top of their game, you know, who's very, uh, experienced and been in this a long time. So I'd want to see that it's a meaningful amount to the deal and to that person. Uh, and then you know that they, not only are they, they bet their in reputation, their incentive fee on it, but also they put in some of their own real money in it. So, um, that's a definitely, that's additional motivation, you know, not that hope, who knows if ideally they don't even need it, but it's this additional motivation to, um, you know, for that, for them, for that deal to go well, uh, similar to that would be the loan guarantees. Uh, like if they're, if somebody's signing on the loan, uh, in terms of personally guaranteeing the loan or even the non-recourse carve outs, if they say it's a non-recourse loan. Uh, ask who's signing on it. You know, are they doing it or do they get somebody else to do it? Ideally, you want to have the person who's uh, the main person in charge, the main sponsor signing on the loan. Um, you know, that's another form of skin in the game. Um, you know, some like some people, they can get in the pass that off to an investor or hire a third party guarantor company. Ideally, you want to see the the head person in charge putting in a meaningful co-invest and then being on the the loan guarantees or the non-recourse carve-outs. Um, I'm kind of ripping through these quickly here, but I think those are like the main things uh, I would say to look out for in terms of what to look for in a sponsor. Um, they're more like specific, like, hey, look, think about the technology and the team and the track record. But I mean, probably the most important thing, I'd say for the end here, um, you're gonna wanna just gauge their character their reputation, their communication style, really understand who they are as a person and who they are as an investor. Uh, you know, do they believe in transparency? Do they communicate early? The kind of person where you shake their hand and they're looking at you in the eye, you know, I've shaken people's hands and they're like looking away. Um, you know, just how, how do, how do you, um, uh, it's a weird thing to say, do you like them? Like if you don't, I wouldn't want to invest money with somebody who is kind of, I don't like them or I'm worried about them. That wouldn't give me a very good feeling. I want to, I want to have, um, I want to feel like they have integrity. Uh, they're a good communicator. They're transparent. Uh, I guess I don't want to feel that. I want to know that. Um, so I would really, and this is, you know, something what's nice about this is you don't need any real estate experience for this last part. You just uh, assess what they're like. You know, are they in this? Does it seem like they're in this for a quick buck? Um, 
you know, they've been in real estate for two years and they're buying all these deals with all these fees or are they someone who's been in this for, you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, whatever, and they've been around, um, you know, that I would really, um, that I would put a lot of stock in, um, you know, and, and two, I would ask for investor references. You know, that's another one to go to where if they, if they have integrity and a good reputation, um, you know, they should have happy investors that if you want to talk to them, uh, you can, I mean, right on our website, on our homepage, we have two testimonials, uh, from, from Tim and from Jim there. So, um, you know, where you want to have real people, uh, that potentially you could talk to, um, to hear about the experience. So that's another, another tip there too, as well. So, um, but yeah, I think that's kind of it, you know, be curious if you, anyone else got any other thoughts on what to add there. Um, but I think that's, uh, that's it. But I think the biggest ones is kind of wrap it up in my opinion. Uh, the last thing the the trust communication, transparency, reputation, then for me, it would be track record and specializing, uh, where I don't want a generalist, you know, what's the saying? Like, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Like I want someone who's really that master, you know, whatever carpenter, if I'm, if I'm building something out of wood there, um, not just like a general handyman and same thing for investing my money. I don't want to do it with somebody who, um, who does everything and they do crypto too. And I mean, you want someone who just does this one thing, they've done it well, they've done it for a couple decades. Like that's who I'd want to invest with. Uh, beyond that, I'd be wanting to make sure it matches up with my investment strategy. So like that, that is the next most important thing. It doesn't matter if you're looking for, um, high returns quickly, you know, invest in development deals, you know, those have the highest risk, but, um, that's a totally different profile than someone who's going to buy a deal for 10 years, sit on it, cash flow it, uh, let time, you know, and inflation push that value up. So, uh, that's definitely what I would look for. So I hope that was helpful. We'll see you on the next one. If you learned something from today's show, leave a review and hit that subscribe button wherever you enjoy your podcast. Dive deeper into real estate investing on Brenneman Capital's website, Brenneman.com, where we have numerous free resources and information that can help both active and passive real estate investors. Accredited investors can get started today as a passive investor in our multifamily investment opportunities by hitting the Invest Now button on our website. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Drew Brenneman and guests as of the date of recording and do not purport to reflect the views or opinions of Brenneman Capital LLC and its subsidiaries. Views and opinions are provided for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon or deemed as investment or tax advice or an offer to buy or sell securities. The speaker cannot be held responsible for any direct or incidental loss incurred by applying any of the information offered.